0: Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investing podcast. In fact, the first podcast of 2022. Happy New Year to you, and I hope you've had a fantastic Christmas and a great break over the New Year period. This episode is a bit different to our normal episodes because, unlike every full length episode we've ever done, I am doing this episode without an interviewee or an interviewer. It is just me today. And the reason for that is I have spent a lot of time over 2021 reviewing performance, reviewing my performance, reviewing the performance of my business partners and also my clients, my franchisees. And I've spent a lot of time and money on personal development around performance. I've also spent a lot of time reflecting on what it is that enables some of my clients to be massively successful, like mind-blowingly successful. And you've heard some of their stories and some of their case studies on, on this very podcast. Whereas others seem not to get there. I'm focusing on this today in this particular podcast at the start of 2022, because the reason that we have goals or desires, and this whole podcast is gonna be about desire. So what is it you desire? Are you on track to achieving it? What does it mean to you if you don't achieve it? And what does it mean to you if you do achieve it? And it all boils down to one thing, it boils down to being happier. And what I've noticed is that I have friends, I have colleagues, I have clients who are fantastically happy. And I have friends, colleagues, business partners, clients who are unhappy. And they'd say that to you themselves. Yet the happy ones aren't necessarily doing any better in business in love in being parents in acquiring possessions in having better holidays in being fitter and healthier than the ones that are unhappy for me that is really really important now you might think to yourself hang on a second frank i've downloaded this podcast i'm investing my very precious time in order to understand how to be a more successful property investor and i get that and don't worry there's going to be loads about property and by the time you get to the end of this podcast i hope that you will be better equipped to be a successful property investor whatever your definition of success is however i think unless you nail this concept of desire and as i say i've spent most of 2021 thinking about it or pondering it or working on it and i do think i'm closer to understanding it now than i've ever been and i'm 40 years old this year that's a that's that's an i've never been able to say that before i'm 39 and in a few months time i'm 40. so in 40 years i don't think i've fully understood desire but i'm certainly closer to understanding it now and ironically in the last six months i've changed my attitude to desire changed my attitude to goal setting changed my attitude to what I'm striving for, we call, we talk about destination mastery a lot on the EPP, I've changed my attitude to that quite significantly over the last six months and I will explore that a bit later and I believe that that change has massively impacted my results. So I've got my biggest ever TDIC deal going through at the moment, we've had a Vendor signed up and we've got a purchaser who has instructed solicitors on a transaction that with my business partner is going to net us £500,000 sterling. I've never done a deal where I walk away with half a million pounds in cash without ever even owning the property. We're looking at this completing late January, early February. That is, I think by most people's measures, a pretty amazing deal. So no stamp duty, no ownership of the property, no financing of the property. We've just sourced a vendor, sourced an investor, and we're putting the two together and our profit from that tdic if you don't know what tdic is then come join us for our our one day seminar we've got them running every month or two uh, because we spend a whole seven hours explaining what tdic is and we will show you how to do these flips um, not necessarily half a million pound ones <laughs> we recommend that you start with 20 30 40 pound ones um, but basically i've never done one of that in magnitude and i've done it at a time when my desire for money and my desire for results is probably the lowest it's been in the last two decades which is interesting I think and I'm, I'm not a big believer in coincidence I think we create the lives that we deserve we create the lives that we truly desire and so if you come from that perspective then what have I done in the last six months that has attracted that deal how am I approaching things differently because if that was normal for me, then I'd be doing a half a million pound deal that puts half a million pounds in my pocket every single month. But I've never done one before. So what have I done differently in the last 12 months, last six months, that has led to me doing that deal with, with my business partner? I hasten to add we're 50-50 on it. So it's a half a million pound deal, 250 for for each of us. That's the first thing that's happened. And the second thing that's made me really pay attention to this is... I've had three deals come about that I completely didn't expect they weren't on my plans now you have to remember and I've done podcasts about this I have a dream chart that I update fairly regularly I have detailed 10-year, 5-year, 3-year, 1-year, 90-day goals I review those goals regularly I have a progress log that I fill in weekly that tracks my progress towards those goals. So <laughs> you could probably say, and this would be a bit of an understatement, that I am goal orientated. And yet these three deals have netted me a minimum of £9,000 a month combined over the next few years. And that's not a reoccurring income reliable reoccurring income to be sniffed at it's not entirely passive there's a bit of work involved for for each of them but nine grand a month when it wasn't even on my goals and I have goals for my health I have goals for the number of properties I want to buy I have goals for the number of properties I want to sell goals for the number of clients I want to work with goals for my golf handicap goals for my relationships I have goals for everything so to have nine grand a month just pop up that wasn't on a single one of my plans again i think i'd be foolish if i just looked to the other side or turned a cheek and thought that's just a coincidence so in this podcast i'm going to be talking to you about desire because i think that i've taken a significant step towards understanding it and most importantly that understanding has undoubtedly led me to being happier so that's why I'm doing this as a monologue because there's no one I could think of that could actually add to this discussion by me having a conversation with them having an interview and I've got quite a lot to get through and I figured if I was going to keep this to my regular length episode I'd probably uh best to do it as a monologue so uh, forgive me for the monologue but hopefully you'll get benefit from this and guys if you want to ask me more questions if you want me to expand on any of this just pop comments in and uh, drop us an email you can email us you can pop on the website and drop us a, a message however you want to get in touch with us you can jump on the youtube channel and pop a message in there they all get read and I can expand on it and uh, do a further episode or do a YouTube video on it, whatever, whatever you'd like me to uh, to focus on. So let's, um, let's kick off with you. I'd like you right now, if you're in a place where you can grab a pen and paper, do so now. If you're not, then just do this mentally. If you're out for a run or a bike ride or a, you're driving at the moment, no problem at all. So what I want you to do is to think or write down your three biggest desires what are the first three desires that spring to mind and i'm just going to go quiet for like 20 seconds right in fact i'm gonna have a sip of my cup of tea um but jot down or think to yourself really clearly what are your three biggest desires The editors might have made that shorter or longer because they might get nervous about a 20 second uh, gap but if you haven't done it pause if you need a bit longer just pause the podcast and and then you can crack on so I now want you to think about those desires and classify each of them as a number out of 10 now 10 is the most ambitious desire that you can imagine, like super ambitious, really going to be hard to achieve. And one is the easiest you can imagine, it's going to be really easy to achieve it. In fact, if you don't mess up massively, you're going to achieve it. And I want you to give each of those a number, so just do that in your mind now. So your first one, your first desire, is that a one, a two, a five, an eight, a nine, a ten out of 10 in terms of how ambitious it is or how hard it is to achieve and then your second one what score do you give that and then your third one what score do you give that and the reason i've asked you to do that and if you've got a pen and paper jot them down and if not in fact if you're even if you're running i often will stop and open evernote and pop a note in uh, that i come up with as i'm as i'm thinking i do a lot of my thinking whilst exercising less on the bike i've not actually nailed writing notes whilst on the bike i think it'd end in a wreck (laughs) but um, um if you're able to jot it into your phone then great not while you're driving but just make a note of your three desires and how ambitious they are as a score out of 10 because and this is really important this is one of the things i've worked on a lot this year my self-awareness it's important to be aware of how ambitious you're being so how hard your desires are going to be to fulfill achieve what you're wanting i'm using the word desire call it goals call it wishes call it dreams it it, it doesn't really matter for the purposes of this conversation it does matter when you're uh, working towards them but for the purposes of this conversation let's stick with desire so if they were low and i'm going to give you some real life examples from my life and from some of my clients lives if they were really low numbers, one, two, three out of ten, then you have a problem. You have a problem, in my opinion, because too little desire, and in fact, there was a Radio 4 um, program recently, it aired live on the 4th of January so if you want to go find the desire program on channel four then um it was really interesting actually and a, a woman she sounded like she was in her 70s or 80s she said that her husband had eradicated all desire from his life and he'd been aiming to do that for some time and was quite pleased that he'd achieved it and she said actually someone with no desire is empty They have no motivation to do anything. And I think that's so true. And I thought about it. And we spend our whole lives chasing after stuff that we don't have. But actually, if you have everything you want, then that's not necessarily a great place to be. And you just have to look at the statistics. People that work all their lives and then retire retirement is quite a significant risk factor in death people pass away very soon after retiring statistically obviously not everyone but the stats on people that pass away within their first one two three years of retirement are remarkably high and you have to ask yourself why why is that the case why do olympic gold medalists when they retire often struggle with depression why did the guys that landed on the moon originally struggle with depression and i think it's all linked in terms of when you have achieved everything that you've set out to achieve and you have no further desire you feel a bit empty and that's what this elderly woman was saying on the radio 4 program she's saying actually my husband is not very happy now and that brings us back to why do we want stuff in our lives Why do we want to better our lives? Well, it's it's to be happier. You don't want more money in order to have more money. You want more money in order to have more stuff or more experiences. And why do you want more stuff or more experiences? You don't want more stuff just to have more stuff. And you might say, no, 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 I want more stuff because I want to take pictures of it and put it on Instagram. Yeah, but you don't want more stuff just to put photos of it on Instagram. yeah I do because then people will see it yeah but why do you want people to see it because if people see my pictures of lots of nice stuff on Instagram I will feel better about myself ah so now we've got to the root of it why do you want to feel better about yourself well because it makes me happy and whatever you desire in your life it actually if you ask enough whys so if you say why that well why do you want that why do you want that you will end up at because I want to be happier all of our desires are basically there to make us happier and so if you have no desires I think you stagnate it's highly likely that you become quite a insular quite a boring quite a stale person and so I believe that having not enough desire is a problem definitely worth pondering on that this isn't a finished thought process I'm not some yogi who's been sat in the mountains for, for a few decades, but this concept that I'm sharing with you today has definitely helped me in my property investing career, and and I'm happier. I'm happier at the start of 2022 than I uh, 2022 than I was at the start of 2021, which is interesting. So then, what does it mean if you had really high scores? So some of you will go, "Oh no, I didn't have a one, two, three. I had eight, nine, tens for my desires." Well if that's the case then I also think you have a problem and I'm not saying your desires should be middle of the road either and and I'll come on to that in a bit but if you have really high desires I think you are in danger of feeling inadequate, feeling helpless, feeling like you're not going to actually achieve them and that's a problem as well because If you're feeling inadequate, um, overwhelmed, disillusioned, then you're going to be less happy. And why do we have desires? Well, we have them in order to be more happy, in order to have more experiences, in order to feel successful, in order to have more stuff. Whatever it is for you, whatever your definition of success is, you desire that success in order to feel happier. So, if on the way to getting that success, and you may or may not get it, and this is the important thing about desires, we're not guaranteed to achieve them. So, I think it's important that when we desire something, we enjoy the process of working towards it. We enjoy the journey. Because if we're not enjoying the journey, That whole process of trying to get it is gonna be sad for us, it's gonna be unsatisfactory, it's gonna take us away from happiness. And, and this is the kicker, you might not achieve your desires at the end anyway. So you could work a whole lifetime towards achieving something, slogging your guts out, perhaps take the example of someone in a nine to five who doesn't enjoy their job, they're just counting the days until they retire. I think I've told the story before on here of the school teacher who came in first day of term and he looked especially happy. I think it was first day of term. Um, And I said, what are you so happy about? He said, five more terms. And I said, what do you mean five more terms? Five more terms till I retire. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's like a year and two thirds. (laughs) and he's so excited because he's that far away from retirement i remember thinking i am never going to be someone who counts down the days until they retire that is like a sad existence if that's how you are progressing through your life if you're counting down the days if you're not enjoying the journey so much if the journey is so unenjoyable that you can't stand it then is the desire worth it is the end result worth it And I would argue no and that's certainly something I've been changing in 2021 and will continue to change in 2022 so I'd like you to have a little think about those desires that you've written down And of course you don't only have three desires I've done that for brevity but how write down all of them this would be a great half an hour or an hour long exercise for you to do perhaps share that share them with your kids perhaps share them with your spouse um Perhaps share them with your parents and reflect on those desires. Are they really your desires or are they the desires of society, of your peers, of people around you? Because I think often we can get trapped or lured into living our lives for other people. And the problem is if you're living your life for someone else, parents, grandparents, children, friends, your twitter followers your facebook fans if you end up doing that the chances of you being happy during the journey and at the end of the journey i think are far lesser than if you're living your life based on your desires so let me give you two examples of partners now i'm not going to use their their real names i'm not going to name them at all um and some of these are Are amalgamations of of a couple of partners but um the first has been a client for a number of years so not a new client and really has had very little success much much less success than i anticipated very charismatic person some experience in property some results in property as in good results (laughs) that can be taken either way some results but some good results some deals that made you know some money decent money six figures on occasion but that person has not done a significant deal whilst being on the EPB partnership in the number of years that they've been on board and I find that remarkable given how powerful the program is how amazing the results are across so many different types of partners and many partners who've not done property before and I've reflected on this person now this person is mortgage free this person enjoys the social aspect of EPP meeting everyone else being part of the community There are everything you know they're They're a a real cornerstone of the of the partnership, and I just think to myself that person has got too little desire. They're too comfortable. They're like the old woman's husband who has nothing else to strive for. Now, if you speak to this person, they go, "Oh no, no, I want to succeed." But actually, if you look at their life and their actions, they're mortgage-free already. They have a passive income from property. They, they're not hungry enough. They don't really have the desire. But the irony is because they don't have the desire, they constantly feel bad. Now, they don't feel bad about not having the desire. They feel bad because they don't have the desire, which means they don't take the action to grow and improve, which means they don't get the results which means that they're unhappy because of their lack of achievement now you don't have to achieve stuff to be happy don't read that into that sentence but you have to be growing you have to be taking action you can take loads of action you can try your absolute best think of a marathon runner who runs the most amazing marathon in fact I can give you a real-life example so um, Ah, what's the guy's name? Elliot Kipchoge, the Kenyan runner. He ran the Boston Marathon in two hours, one minute, and some seconds. I want to say 39 seconds, but I might have that wrong. So those of you that aren't runners might not know this, but the four minute mile was believed to be impossible until... And for years, it was believed to be impossible. People had actually written, I think scientists had written, and said that um, the human body was not capable of running a mile in under four minutes. Until on one blustery day in Oxford, um, Roger Bannister did it. He did it in a fraction of a second under four minutes. And of course, nowadays, I think the world record for a mile is almost 15 seconds, maybe even more, um, below four minutes, and lots and lots of people, I wanna say maybe hundreds of people have run under a four minute mile, I'm not sure. But it's fairly commonplace. That Boston Marathon at two hours, one minute and a few seconds, is as close as any, it's the current world record, is the closest anyone's ever got to running a sub two hour marathon in race conditions. And as I said, it was in Boston, uh, USA. That result was absolutely amazing. And for those of you that follow running, you'll know that Elliot Kipchoge, he and the Ineos team, and that included, there was a massive team of people, um, that included um, Sir David Brailsford. Dave Brailsford? Yeah, so Dave Brailsford from British Cycling and um, Team Sky uh, Cycling fame. Um, He was the team, principal team leader when um, we won the Tour de France, when um, Bradley Wiggins won the Tour de France. Um, He and the Ineos team got together and said, we are going to run a he didn't run it but we're going to get a man to run a sub two hour marathon and again that was something that there were, i've actually read a book on why that isn't possible um, and it was only written about five years ago which is hilarious um because they did it they had they used everything they had nike design some amazing shoes that like gave as much rebound off the road surface as possible they created a track that was a loop they even put a camber at one end so that the guys could go around the bend easier because there was a slight camber they worked out that running in a formation in front of the main runner would break the wind so it'd break the that's a unfortunate saying it break the wind but they would penetrate the uh, wind and create a um, like cyclist doing a peloton um, they'd create less drag for the main runner which over two hours would save x number of seconds they had pacemakers running a v in front of them so like geese fly and they swapped out those pacemakers and they had a special way of getting the pacemakers there's a whole netflix documentary on it actually it's, it's fantastic to watch now those guys and Dave Brailsford and Roger Bannister for that matter have had massive desire huge desire to achieve great things but the happiness and this is where I come back to that first guy who doesn't have in my opinion enough desire the happiness doesn't come from achieving the goal Of course, that's a happy moment. And there's some really emotional footage of Elliot talking about why he's done it. And it's all in the Netflix documentary, actually, why he's done it. And he wants to do it to inspire others. And there's Sir Sir Dave Brailsford talking about why he's done it and what's amazing about it, etc. But I think that Elliot felt amazing when he failed to do that at the Boston Marathon, when he was a minute and 39 seconds or however many seconds above two hours and you might be thinking why has he not got the world record at sub two hours it's because it wasn't race conditions it was <laughs> it was anything but race conditions it was completely micromanaged to show that a man could run below two hours and so he's not got the marathon world record of course it will happen now because he's proven that people can run below two hours so now more people will do it you know the belief is there and someone will do it maybe he, even he might do it in race conditions But he would have felt amazing training for the Boston Marathon. He would have felt amazing achieving that. And that's what this particular client of mine is missing out on, in my opinion. So I don't think they are that happy because there's a lack of desire. So that's the first example of someone who's not doing many deals at all. It's not achieving much. It's not actually taking much action. It's certainly not growing. And those of you that listen regularly and watch the YouTube channel, you'll know I'm a massive proponent of Kaizen, constant and never-ending improvement, Japanese philosophy. I think it's so, so important. It's it's what drives me to read a book a week on average. It's what drives me to read about my health, to work on my health, to invest in my health. During 2021, I invested in a nutritionist i invested in a chiropractor sports masseuse um oh tons of different um stuff because i want to improve i want to improve my health i want to improve my performance in business i invest in two different masterminds that's time that's money that's travel time away from my family in order to better myself in order to surround myself by um people who are playing at a higher level than me so i think too little desire is a problem but conversely too much is also a problem and this brings me to my second case study so this is also a client of a few years standing now this client um has gone from a nine to five job to being financially free in property in that short period of time they are earning more per month passively from property now than they were working a nine till five they didn't enjoy. They have complete time freedom now, complete freedom of location. Obviously they're still working really hard at building their portfolio and doing deals, but if they chose to stop doing that and just to live off the passive income, they're basically financially free at a level just above what they were earning when they were working in a job they didn't enjoy. That's pretty remarkable in just a few short years they have also improved their net worth by thousands of percent they've added hundreds of thousands of pounds to their net worth so not only have they got a great passive income coming in every month at a level that they can live off but they also have an awesome net worth that they've developed they've also got the knowledge to do this they can do this for the rest of their lives however so all of that sounds amazing right but this person just like the first person is pretty unhappy now you talk to them and they've got a cheery face etc but if you actually spend time and delve into how they feel about their desires how they feel about their goals their progress towards their goals the truth comes out and they're actually pretty frustrated and you think to yourself how can you be frustrated it's like a few short years and you've transformed your life you've transformed your financial future you've transformed your current financial situation surely you're over the moon now if the first case study had achieved what the second case study has achieved they'd be over the moon they, they, they would have exceeded all their goals but the second case study is not over the moon because they've only achieved a fraction what their desires are so their desires are to be 10 times better than they currently are they want to be fitter they want to be more successful they want more deals they want more cash flow they want more net worth but and all of that is great but not if it leads them to be unhappy. And so that person, the second case study, I don't think is enjoying the journey massively. And I have had this conversation, so it's not like I'm (laughs) I'm sharing it with the world, but I haven't told my client. I absolutely have. And as I say, these aren't necessarily individual people. I'm borrowing elements of of different clients to to give you and and putting them into an avatar, if you like, of, of, of someone. But it's the principle of actually having too much desire can lead to you being less happy so too little desire can lead to you being unhappy too much desire can lead you to being unhappy and i think that's a really interesting concept and so having done this exercise yourself where where do you sit on it and it's not about saying oh i was fives i was a number 5 out of 10 so i'm fine deep down are you fine deep down are you happy are you enjoying the journey because I think what's changed for me this year, and this is where I'm gonna get a bit personal, is I've spent a lot of time this year, probably more time being honest with myself, and probably more honest than I've ever been with myself, and more self-aware than I've ever been before, looking at my life. Tim Ferriss, uh, the author of The 4-Hour Work Week. And The 4-Hour Body as well, actually. For those of you interested in health, I can thoroughly recommend The 4-Hour Body. The 4-Hour Work Week I can recommend to anyone in business. I think it's a, a very challenging book. Um Don't necessarily agree with everything that's in it, but well worth a read. You'll get a lot of value. Tim Ferriss talks a lot about lifestyle design, and he's someone who has, has openly admitted being quite depressed at times and struggling psychologically I have massive respect for the guy talks about how he's dealt with that how he's continued to grow how he's continued to design a lifestyle that he enjoys now the areas that I've looked at this this year 2021 and I think that and the reason I'm doing this podcast now is because I think at the start of a new year is the perfect time to reflect on the year that you've just finished Some of you will know this if you followed me closely on uh, on YouTube and and on the podcast. I started 2021 married with the intention of traveling around Central and and South America, perhaps indefinitely, and perhaps going sailing with my wife and two children um, around the world indefinitely. And I've kind of been building up to that for the last three, four years. I've been learning to sail. I've been... Building my business in such a way that that uh, is possible, etc. etc. So, when I decided in September to separate from my wife, and I'm recording this from my my new house now, um, I'm working through, you know, separating a very complex business between the two of us and really getting to grips with having my boys for half the week and then half the week them spending with their their mum that's a whole new level of lifestyle design and it obviously didn't happen overnight we talked about it for for months before etc but that level of disruption and i talked earlier about the 500k deal and nine grand a month those are very very closely linked if i hadn't gone through that process of lifestyle redesign if you want to call it that there is no way I'd be achieving those results now and the other part of it is that I'm happier I'm much happier now than I was at the start of the year and that's not just because my wife and I have separated it's part of it it's not just about that though it's about everything that I've done as part of that process so I've gone to um see a counselor right I was not that happy <laughs> that that was my second marriage so i've been married two times and both marriages have have failed in my opinion and so i went to see a counselor to say look i want to be in a relationship that lasts it's not my ambition to have multiple failed marriages <laughs> unsurprisingly and so i spent quite a lot of time working with a counselor over so what is it that's in me and that what attitudes do i have that have led to these outcomes and I think that level of introspection and that level of self-analysis is quite helpful. Um, She's taken me all the way back to like my earliest memories, my childhood And, and you might think hang on a second Frank I thought we were talking about property investing but this is property investing, this is how you live your life and how you set your goals and how you work towards your goals because you don't want to be like the first case study where you don't have enough desire and you're unhappy because you don't achieve anything. The old woman on um, the Radio 4 program recently, she talked about her husband um, reading somewhere. I think, it, I think she said either she'd read or he'd read that, the, that Nirvana was um, sitting in a white room, an empty white room with zero desire and she said he's kind of strived for that but now he's unfulfilled having achieved it and of course <laughs> the irony there is striving to have no desire is a, de- is a desire in and of itself which is a bit too philosophical for me but they make the point on the program so for me that thinking about what you want at a really deep level from your life so some of you might have heard me talk about my desire to buy a no money down million pound house in the countryside I was looking in Derbyshire Derbyshire stroke Leicestershire Nottinghamshire that kind of East Midlands area and I've had that goal for quite some time now a few years not really done a lot about it but boy was I feeling the pressure um, to basically find my forever home no money down and this year I realized that I was feeling unhappy about having this desire and not really working towards it and i've come to the realization in the last few months that that isn't important to me i've moved into a new house that is definitely not my forever house it's fine it's four bedrooms it's plenty big enough for everything i need to do it's conveniently located etc it's a nice modern house but it's not what i had in mind for my forever house it's not got the three four five acres of land it's not got the um the swimming pool and the jacuzzi (laughs) the irony is the house that my wife has now got has got the swimming pool and the jacuzzi (laughs) so um yeah perhaps made a mistake there but um i say that jokingly we agreed that it's all very amicable but my point is taking that pressure off so taking away that desire for that forever house? like, Why does it have to be a forever house? Or if I do want a forever house, why does it have to be no money down? Why can't, just because I do no money down deals every day, if the stress of finding a house that I love living in and not putting a penny into it is so great, and it's taken me you know, several years and I haven't actually achieved it yet, why not just go earn enough money in my property business and buy my forever house at market value or above market value? Why do I have to get a stonking deal? And and it's when you ask yourself those hard questions and you challenge your desires, that you realize that it's not necessarily logical. It's often coming from somewhere else. It's coming from something you perhaps were told by your parents, or it's coming from something that your peers are telling you, or that you've um, told yourself and when when you take it away that desire away you realize that actually i feel happy already i feel light already and I, i have to admit i've i've done that recently about that one part of my life but i've actually done it about quite a few parts of my life and the cumulative effect of allowing myself to change my desires has been huge and as you go into 2022 as you start this year I would like to encourage you to take a cold, hard look at how you felt in 2021. How happy were you? Because your emotions will give you all the answers. If you were super happy and you enjoyed the journey, then brilliant. Why change loads of things in 2022? why strive to be different if you're really happy because if you're really happy in 2021 and then you change stuff the likelihood is you're going to be less happy not definitely but the likelihood is chaos theory and i won't get into the physics of it right now but um, when you change something it's more likely not to work it's more likely to upset the equilibrium and make things worse than it is to make them better of course sometimes you'll make them better but if you take the pressure off, what impact will that have on you? So if you allow yourself to change your desires, allow yourself to stretch yourself a bit further with your desires, or, if you're like this, that's if you're the first case study, or if you're the second case study, perhaps, rein in those desires and see what impact it has. And I, I would hypothesize that you will see a difference. And if you don't see a difference, you'll feel a difference. And that's all we're trying to achieve. We're trying to achieve that one feeling called happiness. So ladies and gents, I hope that that has given you food for thought. It is a presage of my thoughts around goal achievement, around success, and about feeling great in 2021. And I have to admit, it's had a big emotional impact on me in the last few months i'm expecting it to have a big emotional impact in 2022 i've noticed i'm a better dad i'm I'm more present with my kids because i've realized that doing deals and making money isn't as important as being present and in the moment with them Um, i've noticed that i'm enjoying my leisure time more because i'm just more relaxed with myself i'm less Pressured for the first time in a long time, I've exercised without listening to educational audio. Like, I put on some kicking tunes and work out in the gym now, and that's that's the interesting thing. I used to listen to audiobooks when I was in the gym, but now I put on workout music and I work out harder, so I have more endorphins and I lift heavier weights and my heart rate's higher. Well, that all has an impact, doesn't it? So maybe i'll be fitter by the end of the year if i continue doing that and so my my suggestion is you play around with the level of pressure you put yourselves under in terms of what you're striving to achieve this year and and if that turns out to be upping your game in terms of property and you want to get in touch with us and we would love to help you to up your results and up your desire in the world of property but equally you might be in property and you might need to reduce your desires in which case getting in touch with us is probably not the right thing for you to do you probably want to rein in the property business and and start focusing on other parts of your life that are more important to you right now and come back to the property later perhaps but i hope that this podcast ladies and gents has has really provoked some thought. For our next episode, we'll be back to our regular format of an interview. And so until then, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.